Hello, and welcome back to the Cut Tape Podcast. I am Zach, or Zachary, and as usual, I'm joined by my co-host, Tristan. Hello. And Ryan. What to do? As we mentioned in our previous episode, Bruno is still currently absent. But, here we are talking about a classical 80s movie. Something that embodies the 80s spirit of a teenager. Ferris, Ferris, oh my god, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I started that off so strong too. Ferris. Ferris. Ferris Bueller. <laughs> Ferris Bueller's Day Off. As usual, we are going to be talking about our technical stuff right at the beginning, and if we recommend it. But our plot synopsis is going to be kind of intertwined with the quote-unquote spoiler, spoiler section. It's not really going to be a spoiler section because, I mean, the movie came out in 1986. We're just going to talk about like what the movie is and like how we've come to appreciate it today. So, um, here we go. What do you guys think? First impressions. Well, um, I've seen Ferris Bueller a lot of times. A lot of times. I know when I was a kid, I think my, yeah, my parents introduced me to this movie when I was about, let's say... 9, 10, and I didn't really, you know, grasp a lot of things, and the more I've watched it over the years, I'm like, wow, this is actually a pretty good movie, and it's just an 80s classical movie, you know? Yeah, it's yeah. hard, I would say it's hard to give first impressions, like you said, on something like Ferris Bueller, since it's such yeah. a uh, classic, you know, I think everybody's yeah. seen this movie. But like, I, I mean, guess, I guess like not. first impressions yeah. as like now we're we're, yeah. all, we're all at that point where we can I've like actually, movies for what they are. I've talked to a few people and they said they've never watched Ferris Bueller, and I was like, "Wow, really? this is that's, that's kind of surprising." Yeah, it's that. I feel like everybody should have seen it by now. It's that classic yeah. movie that, like I said, to me embodies the spirit of an '80s teenager. Yeah, I guess now it's almost. 40 years old. I mean, the people who were teenagers when this movie came out, who, like it was four, are now like 60-year-olds. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Like, grandparents. Um, But, yeah. I don't know. Ferris Bueller's Day Off is just one of those 80s classics. Um, Something like The Breakfast Club, which I think it's directed by the same guy. John Hughes. Um, John Hughes directed a lot of movies throughout the 80s and 90s and I think early 2000s. And I did a pretty good job. He does a lot of, he did a lot of good movies, you know. He did Home Alone. Yeah. What? Really? Yeah. Yeah. This guy did everything. He was banging out movies left and right. And fun fact, from Michigan, Lansing and He's a MI boy. Just like Uncle Cracker. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> um, Go ahead, Zach. I'm trying to think about how I get it. John Hughes, back to that. With the two 80s movies that he has produced, you know, the well, two more than, the, more the, than the two, two main two. 80s movies that everybody thinks of when they think of John Hughes. I guess 16 Candles, but that, that's besides the point. Ferris Bueller's Day Off and The Breakfast Club really, really stick out as being the Something that really manifests the idea that being a being the kid in the eighties, what and what that is about, whether it's being the cool kid or the kid stuck in detention, he nail he puts nail right in the coffin. He does a great job. He like really literally lays it all out. It's great. Oh my god, John Hughes did everything. He did Dude, every he classic did movie. I'm looking now. I'm looking now at the stuff he did. Wow, he really did. He's got The Breakfast Club, Ferris Bueller, uh, Pretty in Pink, Uncle Buck, Home Alone, Planes, Trains, and Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Christmas Vacation. He did one of my favorite. And The Great Outdoors. He did Flubber. That is one of my favorite. Dennis the Menace. And Beethoven. Oh my God. He did Next, (laughs) featuring Nick Cage. Finally. Mr. Mom. Everybody's got a Nick Cage movie. He did that movie two years before he died. Wow. That's depressing. A terrible way to go out. <laughs> All right, well, <laughs> well, I guess um, aside from the tangent on the John director, Hughes. yeah, I guess I'd never really looked into John Hughes's work before, but geez, so I guess knowing that he made all those, it's no surprise that this is just another classic. Um, 
Yeah, this is another one of those movies that, to me, like uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox, is going to be kind of hard to judge a ton because it's so... Nostalgic, if you will. Yeah, like I've seen this movie a hundred times. Um, and I've never been like, wow, that sucked. Like, you know, I've always liked it, so... She... I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I guess we can talk about, like, the technical aspects we liked about it. Casting and uh, yeah. director choices. Having Ferris Bueller break the fourth wall... It's the best oh, part of the yeah. movie. I really... That's yeah. a... Uh, he's the, this is like the advent of the mm-hmm. popularization of the fourth wall break in Ferris Bueller. So much so that it was referenced in Deadpool in 2016, mm-hmm. which is like the fourth wall break the, movie. The yeah. end cutscene. Why are you still here? Yeah. Go on, get out of here. Just the way credits. he does it so nonchalantly as an actor. Yeah. It's so perfect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I do like the, um, all those, uh, I wouldn't say cutaways, but when it'll transition just from, like, being a conversation to, like, him talking and the other yeah. person's now out of it. Um, and I did know, did you guys watch, so this movie has, like, a scene that goes alongside the credits. Yeah. With, uh, Ed Rooney. Yeah. And, um. He, at the very end, he also looks right into the camera. Yeah, I did yeah. notice that, too. <laughs> I thought that was funny. I like that, stuff like that. And I will, before we get more talking into it, um, with this movie, an important thing to note is that uh, sometimes you got to separate the art from the artist. Um, the actor, uh, Jeffrey Jones, who played Ed Rooney, uh, was convicted in 2002 of being a pedophile, basically. Like, he had... Illicit materials that he definitely shouldn't have had as an adult man and did some creepy-ass things. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I'm going in, or we're going in with full knowledge of that, but I think even if the person behind the art is a bad guy, you can still look at it and kind of take it as it is, but it's also important to remember yeah. who you're supporting, I think. He does the character well, despite what he's done and that sounds bad yeah he's a good actor but you know a lot of people who are good actors are uh, a little dubious a little uh a little, a little weird a little <laughs> strange <laughs> they yeah. have some, some dubious activities mm-hmm. i also yeah. want to so, say many such the cases ca- the casting for ferris viewer matthew broderick matthew broderick um boy walter white great pick I can't see anybody else as Ferris Bueller but him no it's just a great pick same thing with Cameron Alan Ruck (laughs) can't see anybody else as Cameron yeah I guess it's kind of hard to go back and see like hmm I wonder what actor could have done this better when it's a role that happened 40 years ago yeah and uh Mark Hamill (laughs) yeah um but yeah, I agree. I think Matt, Matthew Broderick did a great job in this film. This is kind of like his performance, right? This is what no, everybody knows him uh, yeah. for, except for that Civil War movie he did. What was that called? Oh, you were asking the wrong person. Um, and he was also in Lion King. He voiced Simba. What? You didn't know that? No. What? <laughs> <laughs> You didn't know that? Oh my god. No, goodness. I didn't know that. He definitely he also was played, not singing. Oh, voice Glory. Though, was he? Oh, yeah, Adult Simba. Oh, yeah. Adult Simba, yeah, not voiced, Kid Simba. No. I knew he voiced Adult Simba. Oh, oh he, Glory is the movie I'm thinking Glory, of. He stars yeah. in one of my least favorite movies, Godzilla 1998. Yeah, Godzilla 19. That was the other thing. Yeah. Yep. I hate that movie. I'm like one of the biggest Godzilla fans on the planet. I Matthew Broderick, why? <laughs> he, he probably didn't write the script for that. So Regardless, <laughs> that's not the worst thing to be involved in. Godzilla 1998. Was that his last movie, please? No. Oh, he's been in stuff. He's been in stuff. He was in the B movie. (laughs) Inspector Gadget. (laughs) Thank God. Project X? He was in the B. Was he in Project X? Yeah. Oh, wait, no, the original Project. Original, yeah. The one from the 80s, not the one from like 2010. No, no, no. Whatever. I guess I had forgotten that he was the adult voice of Simba. Mm hmm. 
Anyways, yeah. So technical aspects uh, beyond Matthew Broderick. Um, yeah, I'd say all the casting was pretty good. I think everybody definitely had a lot of, uh, geez, charisma and. Uh, they brought what they needed. Yeah, they were mm-hmm. they were all pretty funny. There wasn't a character who I didn't like seeing. Um, it's a very funny movie all around. It all is very well. funny. Very funny movie. Despite it being like eighties, that's perfect. It was. It makes you laugh no matter what time period you're from. Like, like it's perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you're a time traveler from the fourteen hundreds, <laughs> these jokes are gonna be hitting for you. They're gonna be like, oh my god, you ain't so never funny. seen nothing like this. <laughs> um. Yeah, uh, beyond that, this movie is, uh, the dialogue is awesome. They, uh, they have so many quotable lines. I mean, there's people who can tell you every line of Ferris Bueller because it's mm-hmm. so quotable. And watching it through in my notes, I just have a bunch of quotes yeah. written down. I, got the, I wrote down famous quote, you know, you got to stop and look at life every once in a while because it will fly past you. Like, mm-hmm. that sums it up, but yeah. it's not the actual quote, but I'm just summing it up. I wrote down... You heartless wench. <laughs> that, that's a good one. Uh, oh, and the safe Ferris. You know, yeah, that was a running safe, joke, safe yeah, Ferris, throughout the running, movie. Yeah, running joke. The, the big old rumor of safe Ferris, you know. It was done so well. Like, yeah, it wasn't, it was. like, forced upon you or anything. It was just there yeah. in the background. Yeah. And it, yeah, it was in the newspaper. It was on... It was on the billboard of the baseball game. Yeah, the Cubs game at Wrigley Field. It was on the water tower. (laughs) (laughs) You like seeing that. Um, Yeah, so I think um, one of my favorite lines in the whole movie is um, there's a part where uh, Rooney, Edward Rooney, the principal, is talking to Ferris Bueller and he says, um, you know, you're going to look back. 15 years from now, you're going to look back you're going to see that you have ruined your life because, you know, you disrespected me. And that's funny because 15 years after this movie came out, <laughs> Jeffrey Jones was convicted of possession of child Oh, my pornography. God. So, that's so... That, Dang. That's the art right there. How the turntables, man. That's How really... The John Hughes was ahead of his time. <laughs> <laughs> he saw it coming. He said, 2002? This is not your year, Jeff. <laughs> um, I really like how he... How they show school being really boring. Yeah. It was so funny. Yeah, the... <laughs> of kids just staring and sleeping. The with economics teacher. Bueller. Bueller. <laughs> Bueller. Bueller. Every, uh, every shot in the school is, like, very flat. Yeah. And everybody speaks very monotone. And it keeps cutting to the kids who are, like, falling asleep on their desks. And just, uh, you first get introduced to the high school scenes with the... Uh, Economics teacher taking attendance, and that's like he's like, Bueller, Bueller, and it just goes on. <laughs> then he just asks, "Where's Bueller?" Then some girl goes off, says, "My blank," and so and so and so and so heard that he was sick. Yeah, yeah, and that's funny. I don't know. I don't exactly know how Ferris Bueller has so many connections at the school, but we don't know his whole life. It's uh, the movie is kind of just like a day in the life. You know, it's mm-hmm. not um, without. Ed Rooney being the antagonist actively, there wouldn't even really be like a three-act structure to the movie almost. Yeah. It'd just be kind of like a day-in-the-life movie like Big Lebowski. Yeah. But I, I obviously like Ed Rooney as the antagonist and think he's iconic. Um, so, yeah. But the movie is like that where a lot of scenes are just... Um, not to say it takes away from the plot, but a lot of scenes are there just because they're funny. And uh, it just does a good job. Of showing the goings-on of Ferris Bueller's day-to-day life. It's just so relatable. Like, (laughs) I could could pick... This is going to sound bad. I fell asleep in class a lot. And I can picture myself doing that exact thing during, per se, like an economics lecture. Like, (laughs) that... They captured it perfectly. And apart from the relatableness, any of us could have pulled a Ferris Bueller. Mm -hmm. I'm sure we have. I could have skipped school... Driven to inner city Chicago, joined a parade, um, destroyed several vehicles, lied not, about my identity. Not likely. I'm just not, not the exact same thing. I'm saying I we, we could have, as kids, said, hey, I'm sick. I'm going to go throw a party while my parents are away. 
Yeah. You know? Yeah. Generally, when I stayed home from school, though, I just went back to sleep for like four more hours, and then I, I don't know, did nothing. I, I did. Ferris it. was. <laughs> I did not. He was going hard to paint, even though he wasn't actually. Ferris, he was hard to paint. That's hard yeah. to be that. It's hard, man. Ferris is that cool kid. He's the cool kid. So this uh, movie, I guess, going back to the... We keep going on these tangents of, uh, I don't know, stuff we like about the movie, but I'll go back to the uh, kind of technical stuff. This is a movie that I think does a very good job right away establishing all all the characters, all their motives, so that you can understand very quickly what the characters are about, and it doesn't feel rushed or forced. It... um, all feels pretty natural and it flows pretty nicely in the beginning and um, like at the very very beginning when you have Ferris uh, first pretending to be sick and his parents come in and you can kind of catch the vibe that he's like kind of a pampered guy who pretends yeah. to be more innocent than he is and his me, sister me, hates me. him yeah, <laughs> yeah. Me, me, me. and uh his, he has, like, doting parents, and they're kind of dull. Um, yeah, so I will say, much like Jeffrey Jones, this movie also has some great foreshadowing, um, because Charlie Sheen is in it. Dude, he looks like a crack addict. Yeah, like I said. <laughs> Sorry. God damn it, Ryan. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I said, great foreshadowing, because they have Charlie Sheen in a, uh, uh, not a holding cell, just a police station. Yeah. And, uh, he's in there for drugs, and, uh. Man, another nail on the head from, <laughs> from John Hughes, there. man. He knew what everybody was about. He definitely uh, typecasted all his actors. He came in swinging. He knew. He knew yeah, what he to knew. do. Um, no, the stupid little side tangent. But uh, the music is good. Uh, a lot of the movie is set in the sh- city of Chicago. So there's a lot of jazz and stuff. And there's also these... Great establishing shots when they go there, like, where it must have been taken from a helicopter, like, around the city of Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. I did like that a lot. I, I wrote that down in my notes as well. Mm-hmm. The montages of the city. And another thing, too, like, the the art museum scene. That was also really nice. <laughs> yeah. That's a... Yeah. That was a nice... I wrote that down. That was kind of interesting, because it just takes you right out of everything going on and suddenly Ferris, because there's an A plot and a B plot and the A plot is Ferris Bueller, his his best friend and his girlfriend go skip school for a day. Mm -hmm. Antics ensue. Um, And then the B plot is kind of between Ed Rooney, the principal and uh, Ferris's sister trying to stop their antics that are ensuing. Um, and it's funny because at one point you cut from the B plot back to the A plot, and it's just <laughs> Ferris uh, and and company standing in this art museum <laughs> with like yeah. classical music playing, just looking at different paintings and stuff. And Cameron Statues, is just staring. Yeah. <laughs> Cameron is locked eyes with this. Cameron is in the zone. Young fella in the painting. But yeah, I think that Ferris Bueller's Day Off is a very technically sound. Uh, movie it has a lot of memorable shots and uh, a lot of memorable music choice i think notably one of the scenes um includes the opening crawl music for star wars oh yeah that's what i was just thinking of <laughs> which is uh definitely interesting um but yeah it's a lot of cool stuff like that it's very 80s very pop culture e and uh, fun, it, fun, technically movie. well-made movie. I don't know. Yeah. It's it's just it's it's an eighties movie, but it's a really good eighties movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's not to say the eighties had a bunch of bad movies. No, it's no. just it's just like, actually the eighties did have a bunch of bad yeah. movies. I'm gonna take that back. You're right. The eighties <laughs> had a bunch of bad movies. <laughs> but this Pretty is sure Thanks Killing was made in the eighties. <laughs> I will double check my say, info on that. I just want to say that I really enjoyed the soundtrack and like the OST. I really enjoyed it. Like you yeah. know, uh, Don Quixote or uh, Twist and Shout. Uh, <laughs> well, that seems awesome. Oh that yeah, was... uh, yeah. It's just it all ties together really well with the whole, you know, plot. I don't know. It just fits really well. 
Yeah, and I think it's cool. They do a lot of... They make a lot of choices that... Um, getting back with to the fourth wall breaks, uh, there's a lot of choices made that make it feel like one-to-one with Ferris. Like, mm-hmm. th- when he's talking... Um, to the audience while breaking the fourth wall. It almost feels like a talking head segment from, like, The Office or another, any other mockumentary or documentary. Yeah. Which is funny because it, like, kind of keeps the audience up with what Ferris is thinking and doing and uh, he's informing them of his perspective, basically, of how he sees the events unfolding around him. Um, There's just a lot of stuff like that that... uh, yeah, it's really, <clears throat> excuse me, yeah, it's a very uh, revolutionary movie. It, uh, I think nowadays, we don't get a lot of, like, family comedies that are also good movies. And I think that's one thing you can appreciate about the director's filmography is most of his movies are family comedies that everybody can enjoy and most people will find funny. And, um... They're also well made, and yeah. uh, can thereby be appreciated by anyone. Like we when we went off on our tangent at the beginning, obviously John Hughes has so many memorable movies. Like that's insane how he made them all connect to adults and teens and even kids of the time. Yeah, it was perfect. Yeah, I don't. I did yeah. not know that was all one dude. That's so weird. That is weird to me. Like honestly, looking back on it, I was like, oh, I guess I've seen John Hughes's name on the poster, but I've never really thought about that. Yeah, he very was, unmemorable name. He was banging him out <laughs> left and right, banging him out, banging him out good. Oh gosh, <laughs> <laughs> don't be saying that. Uh, should we give a recommendation? I think we can move on to plot synopsis. So, I'll start the recommendation thing. Obviously, I think this movie is a must-watch. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. It's only like an hour and 40 minutes. It's not going to suck away your whole day. And if it's, you know, you want something to watch, it's a Sunday afternoon. Turn on Ferris Bueller. I'm pretty sure it's on Netflix. It is on Netflix. That's what I watched. It on yeah. Um, Best time to watch it is when you are skipping school. For sure. Yeah. Yes. Instead of getting out and doing anything for yourself, just watch the movie. <laughs> yeah, just watch Ferris Bueller. Where, where a guy does it. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, 100%. Um, I'm gonna, you good, right? <laughs> I, I had a stroke there. Yeah, 100%. I would definitely recommend this movie. <laughs> That's what you were trying to yeah, say. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah, definitely watch this movie. If you haven't seen it, what are you doing? This is an old movie. Come on, you got it. This is a, it's a movie that our parents classic. definitely showed us when we were younger. Oh yeah, and if your parents haven't showed maybe. you it yet, just take a, take your time and go watch it. Yeah, exactly. It's not like it's on them or anything, but go watch it. Yeah, go watch it, man. Just go watch it. So we're gonna move on to our plot synopsis, plot synopsis slash what would normally be our spoilers section. But again, I don't think there's necessarily a ton to spoil about Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Um, yeah, it's so, not really a spoiler movie. Yeah, if you haven't seen it, it's not like knowing where the plot goes is going to ruin it for you. But if you're mm. the kind of person where that does uh, happen, pause the podcast, go watch Ferris, Ferris Bueller. Because uh, why haven't you? What the fuck is wrong with you? What are you, you doing, man? animal. I hate you. You fool! Go uh, watch the movie. Once you watch it and come back, I, you'll be all right. You'll be okay. Anyways, so the movie starts, and we see Ferris laying in his bed, right, and his parents are talking to them and kind of like giving him baby talk, and he's kind of baby talking back. He's like, "No, I gotta go to school. I, I gotta, gotta test today. <laughs> I gotta test today." And it, you can see like his sister in the doorway, kind of making faces at him, and he's kind of making faces back. And then his parents have to go to work, so they leave the room, mm-hmm. and we instantly get the mood of the movie when Ferris sits straight, sits straight <laughs> up, and looks into the camera and goes, "They bought it," and then it, got, it cuts to him. Setting up all his contraptions and getting everything yeah. ready for his day off. I also like uh, the faking out the parents list. 
And it was like, you got to lick your palms to make yeah. them soft and clammy. Yeah. Ugh. And, <laughs> like, come on. Come on, Ferris. I spin my, my hand and rub it together. How to, like, how to effectively fake out your parents. Yeah. Rub spit in your hand. <laughs> yeah. Lick your hands. Grab your mom by the head. Oh. <laughs> Go, me, 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 me. Oh, yeah. Um, so then... Uh, he kind of goes through his stuff. He sets up like a recording of uh, snoring playing mm-hmm. on his uh, stereo. And then he has a kind of a jerry-rigged system with a dummy in his bed to make it look like he's sleeping there so that when somebody opens the door, it will move subtly mm-hmm. as if it's him alive. Mm-hmm. And then he calls up his best friend, Cameron. And that's when we cut to Cameron, <laughs> who... He's actually dying. He's actually sick. (laughs) And um, uh, it's funny because when it cuts to Cameron's house, it's just a completely different vibe from the upbeat uh, Ferris Bueller. I thought it was so funny. It's it's a very funny juxtaposition. I think having Cameron in this movie is, uh, he's just works great as a foil to Ferris because he's much more of a pessimist and he's, yeah, like actually has problems. <laughs> yeah. He also he's uh, we'll get to this later, but he he definitely steals the heart of the show, a movie. For yeah, me he's, personally, he's my favorite character in the movie. Yeah. I wouldn't uh, hesitate to guess that he that would also ring true for many people who have seen this movie a number of times. And um, yeah, so it cuts to Cameron, and it's playing like this weird music. Uh, <laughs> In his house. Some, and, like, uh, synth music. And yeah, then yeah. it cuts back to Ferris, and it's, like, <laughs> tropical, and he's <laughs> drinking Long Island iced teas. He's like, Cameron, babe, come over. Come on. He's like, shut up, Ferris. I'm dying. He's like, that's not an excuse. Get your ass over here. <laughs> he cuts back to Cameron, and he's, like, singing out. <laughs> when Cameron was in Egypt's land, <laughs> let my Cameron go. It's all. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my one of my favorite parts of the movie. This one, this still makes me laugh to this day. Is when uh, Ferris says he's probably sitting in his car debating on whether or not he's gonna come right now, and then it cuts him <laughs> in the car staring, and it's so funny. Staring into the void, sniffling, and debating on whether or not to go. Yeah. It's so he, funny. He'll just keep calling me until I. <laughs> He gets out of the car. The camera stays in one spot. Then you see him come right back to the car from the back. And he's having a he's having a rage quit moment in the background. <laughs> it's it, you can see him through the back window of the car, just freaking out. <laughs> it's, Cameron's great. Great character, Alan Ruck. Great guy. I you like did, him. You did a good job. Good job. Give him a handshake once. He's a cool guy. Great guy. I love. Like, he's just a good guy. Just all around. All right. Um, where the... So we are at the part where uh, I think now we get introduced to the Mueller scene, our first school scene. Mueller. No, that's that's when we. Uh... No, that happens before. Cause oh, goes, yeah. Mueller. You're right. You're right. Mueller. And then they go, Ferris isn't here. And then he goes, Fry. Fry. And it cuts to Cameron. Fry. Yeah. Because yeah. he's also missing. Yeah. Um, okay, so after that scene, what is it? Did they go to Mr. Rooney? Uh, yeah. So they try to get Sloan out. But don't we see oh, Rooney yeah. first? I think so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they see Rooney, and then Rooney is... He he knows about Ferris's antics. Yeah, he knows, yeah, he knows about Ferris's He's on it. Yeah. He's keyed in. He knows, he knows what's up. So he calls Ferris's mom up. He's like, your son has nine absences. And then we see Ferris's 1980s hacker skills <laughs> coming in as he manually erases the absences from the school's computer remotely from his house somehow. <laughs> but it's funny. I, yeah, it's funny. I'm not going to fault the movie too much for that, but it's like Transformers when Sam Witwicky does it. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Do you guys about? not what? remember that Do scene? Do not ever reference Transformers. <laughs> what are you... Uh, don't. I am going to lose my mind. <laughs> <laughs> they got it from Ferris right. Bueller. I'm telling you. <laughs> Okay, so then after that, they try to get Sloan out of class. And <laughs> why do they get Sloan out of class? Sloan being Ferris' yeah, girlfriend. Being Ferris, yes, exactly. And the way they get Sloan out of class is they fake her grandmother's death. <laughs> and Sloan has to put on an act like she's all sad and f- when, in fact, her grandmother did not die. 
Yeah. But it's just a funny act. So Mr. Rooney, being all suspicious, is like a dead grandmother. <laughs> oh, my God. A dead grandmother. <laughs> so he tries calling up the, the father of Sloane. And that whole scene is just hilarious. So it's a it's uh, one of the greatest antics, you know, hashtag pranked uh, <laughs> scenes in the movie where they have um, Rooney being like, what's uh, Sloane Peterson's father's number? And then they get a call and it's from allegedly Sloane's father. And he takes it and he thinks he's talking to Ferris, who's faking him out. But it's actually Cameron putting on a voice. And then, so, uh, Rooney starts popping off. He's like, why don't you come here with your corpse? And then we'll see, so I can see for myself. <laughs> and then Ferris, geniusly, expertly, uh, also calls the school. And <laughs> uh, we get the legendary, uh, Mr. Rooney, Ferris Bueller's on line two, and then it cuts <laughs> into the like dramatic music. It yeah. zooms in on uh, Rudy's face, terrified, <laughs> <laughs> loses his mind. That's that's a legendary. Uh, the music in that scene is great. Yeah, that, is, mm-hmm. that was a good, good addition to that scene. Yeah, wow. um, and that's uh, that goes to like um, Rudy freaking out, saying he's sorry and all that jazz. <laughs> <laughs> we see um we also uh get a little bit a little tidbit of Cameron and Ferris's relationship when uh Cameron kind of blows their cover a little bit and tells it kind of watches it. Yeah, Rooney to be out there with Sloan and like Ferris but like what does he do? He like kicks he, like, him in the slaps ass. Or him. He like slaps the phone out of his hand and kicks oh, him yeah. right in the butt cuz cuz he said maybe we should uh, meet sometime for lunch or something. We'll sort <laughs> this thing out. <laughs> Uh, and um, like Cameron's like you hurt my feelings Ferris <laughs> um, so then we get to the next the uh, one of the big recurring plot points uh, being Cameron's father's uh, cherry red Ferrari 1961 only a hundred were made only a hundred were made and uh, it's like his father's prized car and it's a st- it's uh, brought up many times that Cameron's father values that car more than he values his relationship with his family or anything like that. Um, but Ferris doesn't think they could get away with pulling up to the school to pick up Sloane and Cameron's clunker. So <laughs> they instead uh, take uh, Cameron's dad's Ferrari out for a ride much to Cameron's dismay. Yeah. The 250 GT California Spider. (laughs) Only a hundred were made. (laughs) My father loves this car more than life itself. He he doesn't drive it. He only wipes it with a diaper. (laughs) Yeah. Um, (laughs) They, uh, so they take the car and they have this scene where Rooney walks out with Sloan, uh, (laughs) <laughs> to pass her off to who he believes to be uh, her father, but it's just Ferris in disguise. He wears, like, a trench coat. He looks like Inspector Gadget. Yeah, he looks like Inspector Gadget, basically. Foreshadowing. <laughs> well, that is foreshadowing. A little foreshadowing. Right foreshadowing. Is he Inspector Gadget? Now I gotta go I don't think out. he's Inspector Gadget. I think he's just in the movie. Maybe he is. I don't know. I, I don't think I've seen 1999 Inspector Gadget. I think he is. But, or um... Whatever. Yeah, it's, uh, so when he passes Sloan off to... Oh my god, he's Inspector Gadget. He is? Yeah. Wow, that's another... <laughs> John Hughes. Yeah, he was keyed in. He knew what was up. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, he passes... Uh, Rooney passes Sloan off uh, to Ferris. And it, uh, they, like, kiss each other on the lips. And... Well, they make yeah. they make out so hard. Do yeah. you have a kiss for daddy? <laughs> Do you have a kiss for daddy? And uh, he's just like... Guess that's how it is in that family. <laughs> yeah, and that's just another. Every scene in this movie is legendary. Um, Old Cameron sitting under the uh, like little flap. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hi, Cameron. You comfortable in there? No. Nice alone. No. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, 
and uh. then they and then they head out for their day off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. day off. And it shows, uh, uh, and it this they have kind of a, not, I guess not a B plot, but like a C plot of Ferris's parents, and they his mom stops by the house to check on him, and uh, it shows her getting tricked by all of his mechanisms. The contraption and, in his room. Yeah, mm-hmm. I thought it was funny. It made yeah. me laugh out loud when I watched it because the uh, machine that he set up to make a snoring sound. Yeah, it gets like really garbled, and it <laughs> sounds like the diarrhea sound effect. <laughs> yes, I like how you could clearly see the mannequin arm in the bed too, shaken. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> Ferris was smart, but I mean, he wasn't. <laughs> he wasn't being that he wasn't smart. A genius. He wasn't a genius, though. No. Yeah. Um. Then. Then they go to Chicago. Yeah. Then they go to Chicago. Ferris and crew take Chicago. They're uh, taking on the big city. Yeah. So, I don't really. So they do a lot of things that cost or would cost at least a decent amount of money. I don't really know where they got the money. I don't think it's like established, but here's Ferris a fiver. Ferris is from a well-off family. I can believe that he'd yeah. have some spending cash. And it's 1980. Things were kind of, you know, cheaper back then. When, well, yeah. Well, I mean, it, it is in the city, too. I mean, but that's, things are more cheaper. I mean, my $30 meal, that's going to yeah. cost $76 now. Yeah. <laughs> the inflation, you know. My $1 comic book that's going to cost $850 now. <laughs> um, oh, but... Yeah, so it shows them going through. The first thing they do when they get to the city is they drop the Ferrari off at a car park um, and ha- hand it off to a chauffeur for him to park and take some care guy. of. Yeah, just, just some, some dude. Rando. Yeah. And uh, uh, Ferris gives him a fiver to take care of it. So the dude and his buddies just take the car out for a joyride <laughs> when uh, Ferris, Cameron, and Sloan uh, go walking around the city, and they do a bunch of stuff. This is like the the second act is like the antics section. Mm-hmm. It's like antics and Sue, basically. Yep. Um, they go to like a high class restaurant, and <laughs> Ferris impersonates the King of Sausage, the Sausage get... King of Chicago. <laughs> yes. Abe Froman. <laughs> to get a uh, seat there, and um, they have to like avoid his dad because it turns out his dad is there. Uh, I also wrote that down. Close calls being caught with his parents or with whoever. And that was like like a reoccurring theme as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then they go to Sears Tower. Yeah, they go to Sears Tower. They have a cool shot of them looking down down. into the city by getting up on the railings and like looking through the window. Then they go to the stockbroker place because Cameron's like, I think I see my dad down there. And then the next scene is Cameron doing all the obscene gestures that all the stockbrokers are doing. <laughs> not obscene gestures. <laughs> They're pretty obscene gestures. not like gestures. flipping them off and <laughs> pretending to jerk off. He's just like making hand signs because yeah. he's a blood. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, and then uh, during this uh, uh, second act, the B-plot is progressing via... Um, Rooney. Rooney, uh, trying to hunt down Ferris and, like, going, uh... To his... Where does he go? He goes somewhere else first. He goes to a restaurant or a bar or whatever. Oh, yeah. He ends up at, like, some, like, joint where probably, I'm assuming, teenagers would hang out. Like a piece of place. Yeah, he goes to uh, uh, an arcade is what Yeah, Yeah, arcade, yeah. He goes to an arcade and he walks up on someone with short, dark hair like Ferris... And he goes behind him and he goes, all right, the jig is up. Your ass is mine now. (laughs) And it turns around and it's a woman. Um, That's kind of a funny little gag. Yeah. But he's on the hunt, you know, for Ferris. Uh, From the prowl. And during that also, Ferris's sister, Jeannie, is getting fed up with people at school talking about Ferris Mm. getting well soon because a rumor has spread in the school that he's like really sick. And, um, save Ferris. Yeah, save Ferris. Save Ferris. And uh, so she ends up also wanting to have Ferris get caught, not as aggressively as Rooney, but uh, 
She also goes home. I forget. How does she get to go home? That oh. was not explained. I don't, yeah, I don't think it was. She, like a she just left. She just left. Yeah, I don't remember. I, I'm sure there's some explanation that I missed, but she may have just taken off. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, she also ends up going home. Uh, yeah, so we go back. We see uh, from there, after all the stuff with Rooney and... Um, I think it's after the arcade scene they cut to the museum. Mm-hmm. And they have all uh, the classical music playing mm-hmm. and, like, Ferris and Cameron and Sloane, like, posted up in different yeah. positions, like, looking at different paintings and yeah. stuff. And there's this one shot of, like, Cameron staring at the face of a little boy in a painting. And it keeps, like, getting closer on his eyes and then back at the painting's eyes and then closer on his eyes and back at the painting. And it's just, like, cool shots, basically. Yeah. And, like... And they're really clean, too. They look really, like, Clean and clear. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I like that. I just looked at eighties. I don't know, eighties camera work. I don't know. Um, you know, you know what I'm saying. I don't yeah. know what you're saying. Yeah. A, I don't know why I just talked like. Yeah, it's a cool <laughs> collection of shots, and it's funny because it's such a juxtaposition to how silly the other stuff is. Yeah. So it ends up being like almost a visual gag, um, and then we see from there the people. Um, the dudes from the car park who have taken their car from a joyride, that's where the Star Wars music is. It's them, like, jumping the car over a hill. Those slow-mo shots were really nice, too. <laughs> It's all in slow-mo, yeah. And then you see the city in the in the background, or yeah. in the foreground, or whatever. Yeah. It's really, really clean. You're un- they're under the car, car's jumping over camera, yeah. city's in the background. That would technically be yeah. right? Yeah, that's the background. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and then... It showed for some reason there's a parade going on in in Chicago. I don't remember why. Was like some like heritage thing? Some German heritage thing. It oh, yeah. seemed like it was German themed. And um They're in a taxi. Yeah, somehow or continue. They're in a yeah, they're in a taxi and um coincidentally <laughs> the father is in the the Ferris's <laughs> father is in the other taxi right next to them. And <laughs> Ferris is like, uh, before uh, Cameron notices that Ferris's dad is in the other cab, uh, Cameron's c- kind of complaining like, oh, I've had a bad day. I have never didn't see anything good. And Ferris is like, what What do you mean? We went to an art museum. We went to a baseball game. We went to the tallest tower in, this, in the world. What do you mean you've had a bad day? And Cameron like makes, gets all big eyes, like, guys, <laughs> and says... Your dad is in the other cab. Yeah. And they have, like, his dad look over and then do a double take. But the yeah. second time he looks over, Ferris and Cameron have, like, slumped down. And it's just Sloan in sunglasses. <laughs> Sorry. And, uh... <laughs> and, uh... It's like, um, the National Lampoon gag where he's looking at the girl in the car next to him. And he's, like, making the eyes. Yeah. Whoa! Yeah, kind of a it's funny a little, yeah. funny little, funny little bit, funny little bit there, and then um, then that leads to the parade. Yes, and then uh, Ferris somehow hijacks or just like gets onto a float, <laughs> a float and nobody yeah. stops him, and he just you whatever, and um, it leads to him like lip syncing several songs yeah. and like making announcements over the microphone, mm-hmm. and we get uh, twist and shout. Twist and Shout. Which is an iconic scene from this movie. Mm-hmm. It's Ferris lip syncing Twist and Shout and like everybody in Chicago is going hog wild. That's awesome. That <laughs> just shows like that just shows like the meaning of the mood movie mm-hmm. is to have fun. And yeah. it's perfect because like you even get Ferris's father dancing back in his like yeah. back in his like office. You have everybody everybody is watching <laughs> the parade jamming out. It's it's also funny because it's like over the top. It um <laughs> the, the dude's doing backflips in the yeah, background. Yeah, like doing people like doing backflips. Yeah. yeah, there's like crowds of people all dancing in sync. It's it just it shows that the movie you are watching is really fun. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. It is a fun movie. Um. <laughs> uh, and then we get finally, Ed Rooney has resorted to just going to Ferris's house, which is weird. Which that is. is- Weird. <laughs> That's so that, that weird. Is, he's too really into weird. it. 
<laughs> it's not that serious, bro. It's not that serious. Foreshadowing. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, there's some lines from that. Uh, Ed, in his quest to break into the house, ends up... Uh, getting thwarted. Getting entangled with uh, the Rottweiler. Yeah. That the family has. We never see this Rottweiler Which either. We never <laughs> yeah, see. We... No family member references, but no. there's a Rottweiler in the backyard, and uh, uh, Ed Rooney has some. He like, what does he do? He baits it with something. I don't remember. Well, like how some... how it happens? He knocks on the. He rings the doorbell, and then the the message that Ferris yeah, left. Yeah, pre-recorded. Pre-recorded. And so he realizes, oh, it's a pre-recorded message. So mm-hmm. he's just gonna go snoop around. And he goes around the house. He steps in a bunch of mud. Gets his shoes I, all dirty. I, dude, I hate like I hate that kind of stuff. It was like, oh come on. You I, can like, hear the squishes. I, uh, and, yeah, the squelch. It's, it's yeah. funny, but I don't want to hear the squelch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then then he goes to the back. He gets all his stuff all clean, and he realizes there's a doggy door there. Mm-hmm. Then he peeps in. He looks around. Then he sees the Wattweiler, just. Give him the big old eyes and the big old teeth, and that yeah, Rottweiler just... is snarling. Bro. Yeah, he is. <laughs> he was hungry. He's ready to fight, and um, yeah, it comes out and it's Ed versus the dog. I don't remember what he does to preface this, well, but he, did... he, he has a legendary line where he goes, "Look what Uncle Ed has for you, you little fucker." And that <laughs> line always makes me <laughs> cry. He has, it's he has so like a, it's like something in the flower that he throws back there oh yeah whatever yeah whatever flowers has like i don't know something to make dog go night night yeah dog go night night that yeah. dog slept for a long time because we never see it again i think we do at the very end do yeah we? we do at the very oh, end yeah, yeah okay yeah you're right um but yeah he just like breaks into the house and uh it's funny because uh rooney thinks that the sounds that genie is making are coming from ferris and genie thinks the sounds that rooney is making are coming from Ferris, and mm. so they both eventually round this corner and like jump out of each other. And obviously, Jeannie screams her head off as it's just a <laughs> random dude in the house, and she doesn't even recognize him at first. And she hits him with a front kick like three times straight from God and <laughs> plasters him. And then she runs away, and he gets out, and she calls the cops. Um, and for some reason, they think it's a phony call, and mm-hmm. so like she gets arrested. Mm-hmm. Uh, which kind of that was always that's always kind of weird for me. Well, yeah. it's because they I don't think they believe her because they didn't believe her, but still, there's no like no reason to arrest her. I guess you just take a police report on it. Like, mm-hmm. dude has yeah. blood and footprints in the house, his shoes outside. It, he drops his wallet. Yeah, and he drops his wallet right, right there. Yeah, there's dude. clear evidence right there that there's <laughs> a dude in their house. <laughs> didn't even hear her out for a second. She just got booked yeah. right away. Okay, wait. I want to I want to backtrack here really quick. Who hired a stripper? For Ferris. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Who hired the stripper oh for Ferris? Um, probably oh. someone from the school. Oh. One of the kids or something. A stripper dressed up like a nurse comes to the door and delivers another legendary <laughs> line. And it, uh, something, something to heal your pluck. Because I'm in this. Who likes to? And then it gets cut off. Yeah. A funny little gag right there. <laughs> Who did that? Yeah. That's a classic. <laughs> Save Ferris, nurse Save hooker. Ferris. Let's go. Prostitute. Prostitute. <laughs> I love. Who are all the people with her too? I don't know. These are just randos, like, a, like yeah. some old guys. Oh my god! It's like a clown and like a bunny. He's getting ready for a <laughs> bro. Oh my god! <laughs> Everybody listening at home, go to dot com. No, no. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Actually, don't do that for real. Don't. Actually, don't. Don't. I'm sorry for saying that. Should we cut this out? Yeah, we should cut this out. Bruno, cut out everything that has to do with... Editor note. Cut out everything. Delete this whole episode. <laughs> I'm sorry. I need you to cut out, like, from 48... I'm going to say... Alright, we're going to... I don't care if he cuts down. 48.50 to all the way to now. Alright, back on Ferris Bueller. <laughs> Anyways. Jeez, uh, where do we... Le- okay, so she's in the station now. She's getting booked. And uh, they get Ferris and Cameron and Sloan get the car back. And they realize that the odometer now has an extra 100 miles on it that it didn't have before. And uh, dun, dun, dun. 
Because Cameron's dad knows the actual mileage Cameron's of the car. Cameron's dad be knowing the mileage. He'd be knowing the mileage, though. It sends Cameron into shock. It sends, he goes into system shock for yeah, a while. Goes into that meth-induced psychosis. <laughs> oh my god eventually they like go to a pool to hang out and it's like Sloan and Ferris in the hot tub and Cameron's sitting in a chair <laughs> on the diving board him. oh yeah he's sitting on the diving board yeah and he like falls in and uh like Ferris jumps in to pull him up and to save him and then Cameron comes up Ferris Bueller, you're, you're my, my hero. hero. <laughs> <laughs> Iconic line. Right Another there. legendary line. From Cameron. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then it goes to them back jail. at... Does it go back to... Um, or not Sloan and Genie. Genie back at jail. Yeah. Or she, does it go back to them at the at the garage? Um, at Cameron's no, dad's yet. garage. We go, we go to Cracked Out Charlie Sheen. Yeah. Yeah. That would that was an odd. I thought oh. that was an odd appearance from Charlie Sheen. <laughs> I understand why he was there, though. He like teaches Sloan a valuable lesson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, why don't you be more like Ferris? You're the problem. Blah so, blah blah. Why don't you skip? Your problem is with yourself. I am addicted to math. That's what he said. <laughs> That's what he says. He has yeah. red rings under his eyes. He's pale. He says, yeah. "I am in a meth-induced psychosis." You know, he definitely <laughs> killed like three people. Yeah. Yeah. And then she falls in love with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He has like a kiss with him. And then her mom's like, Jeannie, we gotta get out of here. We right. gotta go, Jeannie. We gotta go, Jeannie. You made me lose the Vermont deal. Yeah. Anyway. And then so. we go to the big the big lesson, I think, from Cameron. The garage. The garage. The garage scene. The garage. So, Ferris is, for some reason, under the impression that Putting a car in reverse takes the miles off of the odometer, which of course is not how that works. So they have the car up on bricks, or up on, no, it's just jacks, isn't it? It's not a jack, yeah. Yeah, and um, they're just running it in reverse. They realize that isn't working, and Cameron kind of freaks out, and then he like talks about how much he hates his dad, and like his dad's an a-hole, and he cares about the car more than his family, and he... I like how in that scene, there is, like, no music. It's just, that's, like, the big lesson. Mm Mm-hmm. And so, eventually, Cameron's, like, fuck it. And he, uh... It's, like, kicking the car. He, like, kicks the shit out of the car. And eventually, it goes, like, we see the jacks bending back as he's kicking it. And then he stops right before it. He doesn't kick it on the last one where the jacks would have fallen over. And then a couple minutes later, after they're talking, he's like, all right, whatever. I'll deal with this. He, like, puts his hand on the car, and that's, like, the last thing it needs. And since the car has a brick on the pedal to make it keep going in reverse, it hits the ground and just goes in reverse right through. It's like a glass garage elevated up on mm-hmm. oh, an up. overlook. Yeah, a hill. A hill. And so the car just goes whoosh, and goes right into the woods and completely gets totaled. Um, yeah, but Cameron comes to, turn with, comes to term with that. And there's inspirational music as Cameron... Accepts that he will now be beaten by his father. <laughs> yeah. I don't it's know. Like, it's we're, just, we're gonna have a little chat when Morris gets home. Mm-hmm. It's like the, the car represents like Cameron having like a very absent father, obviously. It represents like his uh inhibitions, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just wow. seeing him like oh finally like deal with that and come to terms with it is it's a very good character arc. Yeah, Cameron has a nice character arc over the course of the movie. Like we have Ferris, I like it. We have Ferris and Sloane just being all happy, yeah. you know. And then Cameron going through a meth-induced psychosis. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the third time we've said meth-induced psychosis in I'm this just episode. Keep saying it. That's the new. That's our new bit. I like yeah. that term. Um, that's what I'd be saying to people. And then we cut to Ferris and Sloane. Like they're they're talking in the backyard. You know, end of the movie, almost. Maybe. Having a little romantic moment. And now Ferris has to jet. He has to he be looks at He looks at Sloane's watch. He's like, oh, I gotta go. And she's like, oh, he wants to marry me. And he runs through everybody's backyard. There's kind of a weird, I, like, not something they would do in a movie today. No. He's no. Like, hey, running through everybody's backyard, running through their houses, taking their stuff. As soon as you said that, um, when I watched this, I was like, they did that in Spider-Man Homecoming. Oh, yeah, they kind of did. But yeah. he wasn't, like, 
in their houses and like hitting yeah. on the women. But like, <laughs> yeah, he... hi, I'm Ferris Bueller. Yeah. That's what he but did like, to that's the woman. Like, they kind of like sh- they. I think they've done that. Like maybe a, I can't recall all the movies, but I immediately thought of Spider-Man: Homecoming. When I saw that. Sure, he wasn't doing what Ferris Bueller does in Spider-Man, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah, um, I could kind of see it. And uh, so he ends up racing home to beat his parents to the punch to be there, so that they don't notice that he was lying. And uh, there's this part where he's like running alongside his father who's driving and his dad looks over and doesn't recognize him immediately so ferris jets that was kind of that's kind of weird like tom bueller you are a a dummy you are oblivious it's the second time he didn't recognize him like bro come on you kind of dumb you you don't recognize your own son are kind of a simpleton my man you i am not going to lie Uh, (laughs) um yeah, so Ferris makes it home. Wraps up nicely. Yeah, it's a happy ending. You know, everything kind of wraps up nicely. He gets mm-hmm. away with it. He tricks his family. Uh, in the end, Genie helps him get away with it. Uh, Rooney gets punished by he has to ride back to the school on a bus full of kids, and he looks like hell. <laughs> his suit's all torn up. He's missing a shoe. I wrote. I wrote down. Ferris having the best day versus Mr. Rooney having the worst day ever. Yeah, like every, everybody won besides yeah. Rooney. Yeah. Besides Rooney, which is good because I don't like Rooney. You're I yeah, that's like that's like his whole point. He's supposed to lose. Yeah. Although he does have a couple funny gags. One that I forgot to mention was when he's going to get Sloane out of the classroom and he's trying not to look panicked. <laughs> so he's running in the yeah. hallway and whenever he passes a door, he'll like posture up and like mm. walk slowly and then he'll run and then like the next four times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we got anything else to say or are we going to move on? No. I don't know. Uh, no, I'm... I we we covered it. We covered what we liked. We covered the whole synopsis of what we liked. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Indeed. I, I... So, closing statements. Right. All right. Uh, great classic movie. Ferris Bueller, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Um, I really enjoyed the soundtrack, the score. Uh, I really thought it tied together with the whole film, the whole theme of the movie. Um, The famous quotes, quotable lines in the whole movie, really nice. The 80s aesthetic, really liked that, really enjoyed that. Um, John Hughes directing, the camera work, it's just all really clean. I'm going to give this uh, 8.5 out of 10. Solid. Zach? Um, yeah, I agree with you wholeheartedly. This is definitely a spiritual 80s movie. Mm-hmm. And it is... It's our John Hughes. It's, it's one of his movies. I feel like if I go back and watch all of his movies, I can tell it's a John Hughes movie now. And it's, it's really good. I like everything it does. The fourth wall breaks are... To me, that like I said earlier, the nonchalantness of like Ferris just doing it, just transitioning with ease into them, is something that I don't think any other fourth wall breaks besides like maybe Deadpool, definitely Deadpool, can like even match. Mm-hmm. And it's in terms of film, but like that it was it was done so well, and like just Cameron, like we all said, he's our favorite character. He does he does a great job. I love Cameron. It's good movie. Eight point five. As well, yeah, I guess I'll agree with you guys here. I think it's a Ferris Bueller is a timeless classic, extremely quotable. It's filled with um, relatable, believable, and some likable characters. Um, it has a lot of charm. It has funny jokes. Uh, it's well made, well shot, well written. Has good music, and uh, I guess like I said before, it's kind of a must watch movie if you haven't seen it. Um, no matter what age group you belong to or when you will, when you were born, I think you'll find some jokes to laugh at and some, uh, relatable, some hashtag relatable moments in this movie. I think Ferris Bueller overall is a solid eight out of 10 for me. And, um, yeah, I think, uh, that'll wrap us up. So if you are on YouTube, 
Click subscribe. Click subscribe. Click the subscribe button. Hit the bell button. Hit the if, like button. If you're not subscribed and you watch this long, why? Like, what? What are you doing? You're watching us for an hour and you're not even subscribed, dude? Come like, on. That's subscribe. Like, comment. That's insulting. Um, if you're on Spotify, hit the follow button. Share it with your friends. Forward it to everybody you know. You love it so much. It's the best content. Oh, you want to forward it. You want to forward it so bad. Show it at your next Christmas outing, whatever episode we're on. Just do that. I'm Come hypnotizing on. you. Um, you got to do it. You got to do it. Yeah, if you've already subscribed and hit the bell, leave a comment, leave a like. Uh, I love you. Tell yeah. us what you think of Ferris Bueller in the comments. We will heart your comment if we get something good and funny, yeah. something classic and not cringe. We'll pin it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this has been another episode of Cut Tape, and we will see you next week when we review the greatest movie of all time. Bird box. Oh, so. let's go. Let's go. Ah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I hope you're sitting on the edge of your seats waiting for that one because uh, it's a nail biter. It's really something. <laughs> it, it really is. Well, this has been cut tape and uh, signing off. We'll see you next time. Hasta la vista. Thank you for watching. Listening. Adios. Same thing. Yeah, watching or listening is both.